Hey, thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Zen Founder Podcast. Today's topic focuses on one of my favorite mental health superpowers. That is the ability to consider, identify, and ask for what you want. I think this process and this emphasis on the importance of discerning and then asking for our desires and leanings is really, really valuable to us, not only in our businesses, but definitely in our businesses, and also in our personal lives, in our life in relationships. I think it is really easy for us as busy people to put one foot in front of the other and not pause long enough to really consider what we desire, what we long for, and what helps us to come alive. And my belief is that the world needs people who have come alive, needs people who are paying attention, who are living in their passion, and who are living in their joy. And we can't get there if we don't do the work to even think about or recognize what that is. So I hope this podcast serves you and is helpful to you today. It was originally created for YouTube, so feel free to hop on over there and check out the video version of this conversation. Thanks so much. Welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host. I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs. And I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. Many of us want amazing lives. If you're watching this channel, it's probably because you are an entrepreneur or you are doing something amazing with your life. You're a high performer and you want to think about how to be better mentally, more healthy, more connected, more focused. One of the things that always surprises me is how much entrepreneurs and high performers struggle in their relationships with one very simple thing, asking for what they want. Seems kind of obvious to me, but a lot of us really have difficulty coming to our significant others or our partners with our clear, heartfelt requests. There's a lot of reasons for this. Number one, it's difficult for most of us to actually know what we want. We are so busy. Our lives are so full. Maybe we're really focused on business. We're focused on raising kids. We're focused on other things that we aren't taking the time to really think about. How could my relationship be better? How do I want to grow in my relationship? How do I want to grow alongside of my partner? And what am I longing for as I think about moving forward in my most important relationships? And it's that longing that's the key. Asking for what we want is actually a very, very vulnerable move, especially if we do it in a way that's loving and respectful and not super demanding, but we really come with our heart forward and vulnerably ask for our partner to help us deepen into our own growth or deepen into our relationship with them. So if the number one reason is we don't know what we want. Then the number two reason is it's really hard to be vulnerable and left to ask for what we want. Will you come dancing with me? Can we explore this particular avenue of sexuality? Can we work on the way that we speak to each other? I'd like to do more things with couple friends. I'd like to travel more. 
I'd like to feel more connected to you at the end of the day so that we're not just like watching TV and falling asleep, but that we're really having one-to-one face-to-face connection. All of those things sound like, yeah, they're kind of like dates on a calendar. They're kind of logistical, but underneath all of them is a desire. It's an invitation for more connection. So when we come to our partners with an expression of what we're longing for and what we want, we do risk the likelihood that they won't be into it, that they'll say, no, I feel really tired at night. And I don't, it's not really the best time for us to have connected conversation. Or they might say, no, I don't feel comfortable like exploring that particular sexual expression with you. It doesn't like make my heart sing. It doesn't make me come alive. I don't want to do that. So we have to work with the vulnerability of expressing our desires and the very real likelihood that they might not be reciprocated or it might not be a hell yes from our partner. The third thing that makes asking for what we want difficult, number three, is that It requires work on our part to change. So regardless of the part of our relationship that we wanna deepen into, whether it's better physical relationship, more emotional connection, more activities or shared life together, all of those things require change and change requires us to change, to show up differently, to alter our patterns, to decide instead of, again, just like passing out in front of the TV at night, we're gonna take the time to get up, reset, maybe go for a walk, get out of our couch or out of our bed and mix up the things that we've been doing, the things that are most comfortable to us to invite that change or to bring that change forward. We can't just come to our partners and say, here's a list of things that I'd like to be different without being willing to do some of that intentional work ourselves. And that means we have to take action and we have to be intentional and we have to stick to it even when we are, again, tired or feeling lazy or it just feels easier to go back to our old ways. I will say that this process of identifying what we want, finding the courage and vulnerability to talk to our partners about it, and then committing to doing the work that it takes to bring forward change in our relationships, that sort of package, that trifecta of action, I think is really the way forward if we want our relationships to survive and especially if we want them to thrive. Stagnation is problematic in many long-term romantic relationships. People get bored. People feel like their needs aren't being met. People feel like they don't have the space to grow and change with their partner. So you want to implement this kind of process early in your relationship and consistently so that nobody can say, hey, you didn't listen to me when I asked you for something, or hey, we just never do anything together. We don't change together. We don't want that stagnation to be part of our life in connection with a person that we love. We want there to be a sense of openness to change, respect for the other person's desires, intuitions, curiosities, and a general understanding that we have to keep dynamic, we have to keep growing in order to stay alive in our relationships. I know a lot of entrepreneurs, business owners, people who are really high performing, who are super goal oriented. They're goal oriented around their business, maybe around their revenue, maybe around the things that they wanna produce or make in a given time frame. A lot of the folks that I work with are also really goal oriented around their health. Maybe they have certain goals for things that they'd like to accomplish. They wanna run a marathon next year or they're doing the couch to 5K thing. 
Our relationships can also be a place of goal orientation, a place where we are expanding into what's possible, where we're pushing ourselves, whether that's in shared activities together or just how we show up in our partnership. Bring your best self to your relationship, which means that you are going to bring that kind of ambitious, change-oriented person. You wanna bring your partner along. You don't want them to feel like they're not good enough. You as a couple are not good enough. You don't want it to feel like never satisfied, never content, but you can do both at once. You can be very loving and content around the container that you've made in your family while also pushing forward into more connection, more growth, a sense of doing life together. You gotta work on the messaging and you gotta be very thoughtful about how you present what you want but then you also have to be faithful to what you want. You also have to be faithful to what you want, to what you're calling for, to what you're longing for. A quick example of this, I have wanted for a long time for my husband Rob and I to learn to dance. We met on the track team in college, we're both athletes. I am currently an active circus performer and I train a lot in physical movement, but we don't have anything that we do together anymore. We started our journey doing running together, but we don't have like a physical practice anymore. And so I loved the idea that we would go dancing together, that we would get dressed up, have a dinner, and then go out for some movement and experience of taking in music. My husband's very tall and handsome and it just felt lovely to be able to dance with him. So I asked him for the first time about four years ago if he would take dance lessons with me. And he was not disregarding, he was willing, but was just complicated with kids and other commitments and COVID and you know, things got in the way of that. But I, I kept asking, I kept being sort of a, a friendly reminder of, hey, I would still really like to do this. I would still really like to do this. Wouldn't it be great if we did this? I'm sure it wasn't irritating to him at all. But all that to say, we're now taking dance lessons together and I'm really enjoying it. It's just a way of being together that's different than the child rearing, household management, driving people structure of our lives and is more playful, joyful, more physical, and you know, really helps play into the masculine feminine dynamic between us, which I find really delightful. So it took a while, it took some years, it took patience on my part, not getting angry, not being resentful, but just this sort of steady commitment to asking for this thing that I wanted, that I thought would be good for both of us, and eventually I'm getting it. So, hey, great for me. But those kinds of experiences, that determination to say, I think it'd be good if we did this. I'll wait, I'll keep asking, I'll ask with love and patience, but ultimately those requests are out of a desire for depth and connection. And that's what I think helps them to feel good to our partners. If they really hear it as an invitation for more connection and closeness, not a laundry list of things that they need to do differently. So remember this list. Number one, figure out what you want, what makes your heart sing in your relationship. Number two, carefully, with vulnerability, with love and longing, make that request of your partner. And three, do the work to show up so that you are nourishing that growth, facilitating that change. You're not expecting them to do all the work, but you're meeting them there. And that is how relationships grow, stay healthy and flourish over time. Ask for what you want. Perfectly okay. In fact, imperative, if you wanna stay connected to the one that you love the most. 
If you would like more tips, tactics, strategies, ideas, thoughts, inspiration to help you live an amazing life while also being a high performer, an entrepreneur, you know, thinking about productivity, you can find me at zenfounder.com for a bunch of podcasts, other content, books that I've written to help support you on your journey. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.